turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1, and we'll get there in a few minutes. We're on the, uh, the cusp of, uh, of, of Christmas here. I mentioned earlier that our favorite movie is uh, Christmas Vacation, uh, you know, uh, with Chevy Chase and uh, all that, all the uh, hijinks that they got into. How about some of you guys? What's your favorite Christmas movie? Elf? Buddy the Elf? <laughs> a Christmas story, the old-fashioned one, and everything. Home Alone. Home Alone. That's pretty cool. I like that. A Wonderful Life classic. What's that? America on Third Force. How about your favorite Christmas song? Carol Bell. I like uh, I like Burl Ives' uh, uh, rendition of uh, "Have a Holly Jolly Christmas," and uh, you know why I like that. Burl Ives uh, is a fellow alumni of Eastern Illinois University, so there you go. I'm telling you, Eastern Illinois University shows up all the time, guys. You just got to pay attention. <laughs> what, what other songs? Oh, this Christmas. Mary, did you know? Oh, yeah. Ooh, that's a nice one. Yeah, that's a cool one. How about uh, how about the, your favorite memory as far as uh, a meal for Christmas? You guys have a ham. Uh, that, that's a, sort of the family traditional there. Ooh, we we have roast beast, uh, prime rib. Connie. Ooh, crab legs. Ah, that that sounds cool. Yeah. How about you? <laughs> you like dessert. Okay. I get that. A lot of people like dessert, yeah. Uh, this is vacation style Christmas memory of, of meal. We, my, my parents rented a, a, a Winnebago thing, you know. Uh, and, uh, the tenement on wheels? <laughs> and, uh, and we had loaded the whole of the Christmas dinner into it because we were going somewhere. And we took the first turn and all of it fell out. <laughs> we didn't know about the clamps. You know, you put the clamp, all of the cabinets closed, the refrigerator closed. So all of that came back to us before we got. Great, great memory. Any other, any other, uh, uh, any other Christmas memory like that of uh, a disaster of some uh, magnitude in your homes? Or maybe you don't want to share them, you know? They're too embarrassing. Chris, do we have any uh, uh, terrible uh, stories to tell? I don't know. No. Nothing? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Nothing comes to mind. Well, I'm sure we're going to have a great time. Today, uh... The sermon is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a little bit uh, more reading. But I'm going to read the Matthew and Luke accounts of the birth of Jesus. You know, after all, Jesus is the reason for the season. And uh, I want to go back and focus on the uh, two accounts in Matthew uh, and in Luke about the birth of Jesus. Uh, Mark and John do not cover that. Uh, And so, you know, the the gospel accounts don't all cover the same things. Uh, They weren't written for the same reasons. And so we're we're going to read the ones that we have. So are you in Matthew 1? Okay, I'm not. (laughs) But uh, I'll get there. Matthew 1, we'll begin in verse 18. You guys there? Okay, read along with me. 
This is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home to be his wife, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the, king, the time of King Herod, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them, Where is the Christ who was to be born? In Bethlehem of Judea, they replied, This is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and he said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went away on their way. And uh, the star that they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When he saw the star... They were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, incense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned on uh, to their country by another route. So here you have Matthew's account. We'll read Luke in a minute. And Luke will have some information that Matthew doesn't have here. Matthew has some information that Luke didn't cover as well. But you have the, the story of, of Joseph being betrothed to Mary. And that, that simply means that they had made a contract that they were going to be married at a later time. And in the understanding of marriage at that time, in the laws of that time, that literally meant that you were married legally, but you hadn't come together uh, in a legal, uh, or not a legal, but a sort of a spiritual uh, uh, time with the, 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 the Jews together. And, uh, uh, of course, they hadn't had uh, any time together with each other. And when he found that she was pregnant, he was obviously concerned about this. But you see some of the, the uh, character of Joseph... And that even though this had happened, he, he didn't want to make a scandal of it and was going to try to sort of quietly take care of things. But the angel says, no, hey, this is okay. 
What's happening here is extraordinary, and you need to understand what's going on. And that's the sort of the explanation of what happens there. Of course, Jesus is born. Now, go over to Luke chapter 2. And you'll see where Luke covers some information of the story of the birth of Jesus that we don't have from Matthew. Luke chapter 2 and verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And then notice in in verse 2, it's in parentheses. So he's explaining some of the information related to what he just said. This was the first census that took place uh, while uh, Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem in the town of David because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ. And if you read the footnote there, it says Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom His favor rests. When the angels had left them they and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what uh, had been told to them about this child and, all, and, and, and who had heard it and were amazed that the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which uh, they had been told. So you have Luke here filling in some of the uh, blanks of information that that Matthew didn't, and you have him telling the story of them going from Nazareth where they lived to Bethlehem because he was of the family of David, and that's where he needed to register. And so they, they went this distance of, of time and they got there and they got there and they didn't have any money. They were relatively poor people, evidently. Uh, they didn't have enough money to stay in the inn. And so they ended up somewhere back uh, in a, a barn, a cave, uh, some sort of lean-to building uh, to keep the rain off the animals. And Jesus was born there. And Mary, being away from home, didn't have the normal clothing that you would put a baby in. And so just taking what was lying around and probably tearing up different rags that were in there and making 
uh, proper clothing to, to put over the baby, and, ba- and the baby was sort of put together uh, in that form, uh, lying in the, in the trough and the manger uh, that the animals would be eating out of. And so they cleaned it out undoubtedly and, and created some sort of bedding and a, and a level bed and, and that uh, type of situation. And the baby was born. Then we have a total switch out to the, the, uh, the shepherds. And it says that they also were poor people because they're living in the fields that they're, they're with the sheep, that they're watching. And so these are, uh, again, poorer people uh, that are uh, you know, just trying to get along in life. And this light comes and the angel comes and, and tells them what's going on. And then it goes from one angel to a whole bunch of angels. And they break out in a, a chorus. And they're singing and uh, it says that the shepherds were afraid. I can certainly understand why they would be. That'd be enough to shake you up, wouldn't it? That'd be enough to, to scare you. Wow, what, what is this all going on? We had an angel talking to us. We have angels singing. And i got to think they sang well. What do you think? Yeah. And, and then they left and the, angels all, or the shepherds all look at each other and says, let's go see this thing. <laughs> and so, you know, you can imagine their curiosity. And they go in and they find uh, the setting that's going on there. And they're just, you know, having a big time with what's going on. Uh, and you have the birth of Jesus. And of course, we, we go on from there. I want to make two observations from this. There's actually a lot of characters in this story as you go through. But because of our time today, I don't want to have a long sermon today, and you don't want to have a long sermon today. Uh, but uh, I, I, want to, I want to zero in on two of the characters of this story that I think have uh, maybe some lessons for us about our life and our character uh, and who we are and what we're trying to do in our life. I want to talk about God the Father. And I want to talk about Mary, the mother. Jesus obviously is a big part of this, but uh, He has a non-speaking role. Uh, so, uh, uh, he, uh, he's just sort of there uh, in, in this particular uh, scene of His life. Uh, obviously, He's important, but uh, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're going to view the, the other ones. I want to talk about God the Father. God the Father is orchestrating this entire event that's going on. And this is His Son. And those of us who are parents know the attachment, the emotion, the pride, the feelings that you have for your children. Now, children at moments can be annoying. They can be disappointing. Even frustrating. I, I know teenagers, sorry, I, I know that's a shocking moment for you. Uh, but, but it could be true. Uh, in your life. It certainly was in my life. But as I think back and, uh, uh, of, of my childhood, there was no doubt that my parents looked on me with favor. That they, they liked Marty. Okay? And i got to believe that God the Father looked down on His one and only Son and He liked Him. Okay? He, he, he held Him in high favor. But I want to make these three observations about God the Father as it pertains to the story we just read of Jesus. Number one, He let His Son suffer a difficult experience 
of coming into the world. Now let's think about this. All kinds of babies are born in all kinds of circumstances, right? And so what's the circumstance that God lets His Son be born in? A barn! (laughs) He literally was born in a barn. You know, sometimes you say to people, I wasn't born in a barn. Jesus was! And maybe it wasn't even a nice barn, painted red. I got a feeling this was just a very, very unimpressive situation. He actually let His Son be born in these circumstances. Didn't even have normal baby clothes to put on Him. His mother and father tearing up the, 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 the available cloth to try to cover Him up. He let His Son go through difficult times. One of the major themes of the Scriptures is that suffering or difficulty develops character. Going through difficulty and having success in spite of the difficulty is one of the most exciting stories of all life, isn't it? I mean, it's not very inspirational that a rich kid that had all the advantages... Have, has a success in life. You're like, well, what's the big deal? They were born rich. They went to a private school in high school. They went to a private school in college. They got a great job because daddy owned the company. What's exciting about that? <laughs> Nothing. You're like, eh, no big deal. But how about the poor kid that scratched it out at the public school? That scratched it out in college, worked hard, did their best, got the job, started in the mailroom, and ends up being the president of the company. Now that's a story, right? We love the story of someone who overcomes the difficulties of life. You know, one of our college students, Lorena's back here. She's, she, she's uh, visiting back. She's at Northridge, right? Cal State Northridge? No. No, you're Cal State what? Oh, no, you're not. You, I, you were going to go there, but you went somewhere else. Cal Baptist. Aha! I remembered. Anyway, I said... I I had to be prompted a little bit. Uh, You know, at my age, your remembrance is a a vague thing. But anyway, I I said to her before the sermon, I said, Hey, how'd your finals go? She said, Wow, they were tough. And and, uh, I said, Well, you know, how'd the grades come out? She said, Well, I got got A's and B's. I said, That's awesome. I said, That's awesome. She said, but it was tough. I said, listen, if it were easy, everybody would do it. You know, sometimes the things that we do in life that are tough, hard, are the things that develop us the most. Now, as parents, do you purposefully put your, situa- put your child in a situation where they're going to go through a hard time? Probably not. But the reality of life, guys, is that we're going to find ourselves in difficult times and we can't be averse to them. Sometimes it is tough. And you know what? When it gets tough, you get going. Instead of running away and whining and griping and complaining and blaming it on everybody else, in my life and your life, when it gets tough, put your head down and get through it. That's just one of my observations here about God. He let His Son suffer 
through a difficult birth. Number two, he treated his son super special at times. Jesus is born, and who are some of the people who show up? The Magi. You know, I don't know who showed up when you were born. Jesus is in a barn, and these rich, wise men, noted people, show up and start giving gifts to the family. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. And see, this is a great balance. Life is made of balance, guys. Jesus went through a difficult time because God allowed that to happen in, his, in the story of His birth. But Jesus also had tremendous blessings that God also orchestrated. God set this up. Yeah, He's going to be in a barn and He's going to get a, a, a whole bunch of good stuff. I want to challenge every parent in this room. You find some time, some way, some circumstances of life where you can do the coolest, awesomest thing you can do for your kid. And you say, well, we don't have a lot of money. You know what? It doesn't take a lot of money to do something really cool for your kid. But it does take thinking. It does take planning. It, it, it does take uh, an, an intention to do it. This kind of thing doesn't happen by accident. It happens on purpose. Do something really nice. Say something really nice to your kids. If I think back to what my parents said to me that meant the most to me, was I'm proud of you. That to me meant more than anything else. When I would get the report card, I've told this to, to several of you before, you've heard the story. My dad was a school principal at this time in his life. When I would get my report card, on one side of the card you had the grades, the letter grades. On the other side of the card you had all the behavioral stuff. You know, that kind of stuff. He would fold it over and he'd say, well, we're going to talk about the important things first. And he, we'd go down, you know, and look at it. And my mother kept those report cards. I didn't know that, but I found them many, many, many years later. And I, I was sort of tickled about some of the comments my uh, first and second grade and third grade teachers said about me. You know, Marty talks too much in class, you know. <laughs> and and uh, uh, Marty needs to be a better listener, you know. I mean, the kind of comments that, you know, teachers make uh, toward their students. Some of you are teachers, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, that, that you say those kind of things. But, you know, we, we would go through all the behavioral things before we went to the grades. Because he was trying to, to, to get me to understand the behavioral things are more important than the grades. Not that the grades aren't important. We'd get to the grades. A's and B's and C's were great. We had no problem with that. D's were not good because in his vernacular, D stood for dumb. He said, you're getting D's, we got no dumb kids around here. Okay? We're not having dumb kids around here. That's just the way he approached life. But, you know, you got God the Father here. He allowed him to go through a difficult time, but he also specifically on purpose made it awesome. 
for, for Jesus. So, something really cool. The third thing was, he surrounded his child with some incredible people. Joseph. Let's talk about Joseph. The foster father of, of Jesus. This guy, he's a stud. He, he's, he's fixed up to be married to Mary. She's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Was I am confident he did not know what that really meant. Right. What? <laughs> but the angel said, hey, it's okay. And you know what? He said, I'll, I'll take whatever abuse I get from my neighbors and family and friends. Yeah. This, this guy is a cool guy. This guy is a good dad to Jesus. What about Mary? What a mom. He surrounded his kid. God the Father surrounded Jesus with incredible people. To the degree that parents can... You can't pick your, your kid's friends. I get that. At a certain point, with that, 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 that's over with. But to the ability that a parent can have... You surround your kids with the best people you can get them around to help them, to protect them, to guide them in life. The other person I want to talk about here is Mary. God the Father is a great study as you look at all this, but Mary is also quite interesting as well. And I, I have three things about her, but, but look in, in, uh, in Luke here, back to chapter 1. Because I'm going to go back and, and fill this in because it's an important part of the story as it pertains to Mary. Because Mary didn't really get this whole thing uh, that, that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. She was a little confused about that whole thing. She says in uh, chapter 1, verse 34, she's talking to the angel and she says, How will this be? I mean, she didn't understand. How can this be? Since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Wow. That really filled in the blank, didn't it? <laughs> she went from confusion to utter confusion now. So the Holy One born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Now look at her answer. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it, me, may it be to me as you have said. Wow! I am the Lord's servant. I don't understand it. But may it be as you have said. That is the mom... Jesus had in life. I know who I am. I am the Lord's servant. You know, and I, I, I'm teenagers, listen to me. You don't have to know a lot of scriptures. It's good if you do. But you don't have to know a lot of scriptures to have faith courage. And faith courage is, is that you know what your friends are asking you to do is wrong. You don't have a scripture you can turn to at that particular moment that, that might fit it. But you know what they want you to do is wrong. You say, I know this. I know who I am and I'm not doing it. Well, why aren't you doing it? I'm not 100% sure, but I'm sure it's not right. 
Mary did not understand all that was going on here. But, her, but her, who she was and her gut level, foundational level, is I'm the Lord's servant. I'm God's and I will do what's right to the best of my ability. Sometimes that's what you need more than anything else. You don't need to be able to write a paper on why you're doing something. You just know it's right. And you've got the grit and gut to do it. You know what I'm talking about? That's who Mary is. I don't think Mary spent a lot of time in the synagogue arguing with the, with the religious leaders about the law. Do you think? As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure what she did is she sat in the back with all the other women and listened. But she knew who she was. I am God's servant. Now, let's put that in modern terminology. I'm a Christian. That's who I am. I may not be able to give you book, chapter, and verse for everything, but I'm a Christian. i got a pretty good idea of what's right and what's wrong. That's who I am. In our world today, everybody else is out of the closet. Christians need to get out of the closet. Nobody should be more proud of who they are than a child of God. I'm a Christian. That's who I am. That's who Mary was. That's who God the Father chose to be the mother of His Son. She's not complicated. She's not hard to figure out. Hard to deal with. She's just God's servant. I I tell you what, that's to me, that'll preach. That'll lather up right there, man. That is good stuff. Right. What else we got about Mary? She not only has deep convictions, she's tough. She gave birth in a barn. Wow. <laughs> I got I I gotta think that was not the easiest uh, labor and delivery. But but she did it. In a barn. Probably by herself. This is a tough girl right here. And the last thing about her is this thing it says over in chapter 2 and verse uh, 19. It says, But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. She treasured up these things. She thought about them. She pondered them in her heart. Courage oftentimes is not just what you do at the moment. Courage is what you did way away from the moment that prepared your mind to make the right choice, to make the right decision when you got into the situation where you had to make a choice. See, for a lot of us, we, we think, man, I, I, I hope if I get in a situation where I'm really tempted to do wrong, that I'll, I'll make a decision to do right. If you're going to make the decision when the, when the difficult time faces you, you had to have made that decision way back before. 
You see, she's got all this going on. She's got angels talking to her. She's got choruses of angels singing out in, in, in the fields. She's got magi giving her gifts. And she is just blown away by all this. But she's thinking about it. And she's got it in her mind. She's pondering it in her heart. This is who this girl is. She sits around sometimes and she just thinks about all that's happened in her life. Well, I was going to get married to this guy Joseph. And then an angel came and told me I was going to have a baby by God and not be not, not being married to Joseph yet. And, 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 and he was born in, in Bethlehem. My family wasn't even around me because I was with his family down in Bethlehem. I didn't have any baby clothes for the kid. We had to tear up sheets and, 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 and try to clothe him. All these things. And she's thinking about it. Pondering it. She's marinating on, on it in her mind. And she's trying to understand what's happened in my life. What am I going to do in my life? Sometimes people say, you know, I hope I don't ever fall away from the church. I hope I don't ever fall away from the Lord. You will not fall away from the Lord or fall away from the church if you make a decision now. Now, Will everyone in this room go through a time in their life where they are severely tempted to leave God? Severely tempted to leave the church? Severely tempted to compromise their, their spiritual convictions which they know are true? Yes, you will. And if you don't think you will, I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you, friend, you're wrong. You are going to face that time in your life. A difficult time of spiritual crisis in your life. If you make the decision then what you're going to do, you'll probably make the decision to leave the Lord. You better make the decision now. Ponder it in your heart. Thinking about it and what you want to do. And know the decision you made is a decision that I've made now. I've thought about it. I've reasoned it out of my mind. And I'm ready to go. I picked out these two characters because I thought they were, to me, the most intriguing. God the Father and Mary of, of this great story. Like I said in the beginning, the reason for the season is Jesus, right? The reason for the season is the story of Jesus that's called Christmas because Christ is involved, if you understand what I'm saying. I hope today just reading through these stories. You know, a lot of times we, we, we don't read them even. Even just reading through them sometimes is so interesting and, and uh, exhilarating for us. And, uh, and making you know, the observations that I've made hopefully will be helpful for you in life. Uh, guys, Chris and I love you uh, tremendously. We are so proud uh, to be leaders uh, in, uh, in this place, in God's kingdom. Uh, what a wonderful uh, group of people you are. Uh, we're proud of you. Hopefully you're proud of us as well. I really hope you have a wonderful time with your families at Christmas. Uh, don't fuss with your brother. Uh, if he says something bad to you, just act like you didn't hear it and go on. Uh, it's not the time to straighten out all the things you thought about your mother or, you know, or Uncle, Uncle Squirrel or you know, uh, who, who, whoever, whoever you've got in your life. Have a happy time with your family and a Merry Christmas. Love you guys. You're dismissed.